The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Packages by Expedia. You were made to be rechargeable. We were made to package flights, hotels, and hammocks for less. Expedia. Made to travel. Hey everyone, big news from the boys of The Last Podcast on the left. Check out The Last Comic Book on the left, our most sinister comic anthology. It now has a volume two. Please pre-order now at Z2Comics.com. We have an even bigger stable of artists and talent and writers and everyone that we did for the first one, although the first one is fucking amazing and it's still available on Z2Comics.com, but we're asking you to go pre-order number two, Z2Comics.com. You're going to like the way you read. All right, everyone. (laughs) Thank you so much. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Hail Gene. Hey, it's me, everybody. Grimace. Ah, I'll hunt your nightmares and eat some french fries. And it's me, your old friend, the Hamburglar. Listen here, life's a crazy rodeo, and you'd best hold on for dear life, because... Why is he Southern? Sometimes you want to rabble-rabble, and the world just tells you you can't, and you have to pay for your own hamburgers, and that's a damn shame. My voice is just as accurate as your Grimace voice. (laughs) (laughs) Grimace didn't even talk, did he? Yeah, he did. He had a big, dumb voice. He's he's one of the... He's a dumb guy. (laughs) Oh, he's a dumb idiot. Holding, can I break down... Okay, first of (laughs) of all all the mcdonald's characters uh represent uh they're 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 a metaphor like uh birdie is the early bird and she represents breakfast and like the fry kids are these like ruffly like kids that you know they want french fries and the grimace although it's very it's a very loose connection he's kind of like a dumpy shape and he's supposed to represent like the the shakes and the Hamburglar, of course, he yearns, he's horny for ill-gotten burgers. Well, Grimace was evil at first, right? He was yes, evil he at first. He had multiple in 71 arms. as the evil Grimace. But yeah, the yeah. McNugget buddies are just fucking McNuggets, Holton. Right. They're literally the food item themselves. So while they everyone kind of else- break the reality a little bit. Is yeah. operating in the realm of like metaphor and, and, and symbolism, the McNugget buddies are just giggling idiot baby children just swimming in barbecue sauce, in theory, anticipating their own horrific devouring like- in advance, they're like, "Oh boy, yay! We're gonna go in a mouth, and their teeth are gonna shred us apart." And I then mean, I we'll hate get to fuck your, I hate to fuck your whole bullshit up right now, but there is the Happy Meal gang, and they were actually just like talking the Happy Meal stuff, like talking fries, talking burger, talking shake, and talking Happy Meal box. So your whole bullshit is complete. And utter bullshit, and I'm firing you from the podcast. You can't fire me. I fire you. <laughs> All right, we're both fired then. Now we're both just not even working for the podcast. We're still going to record the episode. It's madness. Hey, Holden, you want to start a new podcast where we talk about the history of nerd shit? 
<laughs> yeah, we'll call it um Hisser the... and the Poozer. <laughs> uh yeah, we'll do that. We'll right. call it the Kisser and the Poozer. We'll call it Mom's Basement. Mommy's Basement. Uh, that was great, actually great. a name we thought we were considering calling. And now there is a Mom's Basement. Oh, yeah, it's I a very big podcast. It's I wow. think Face Clan does it. We anyway. were also gonna call it Come Town, but we didn't really understand why we would do that. Uh, so we went with Wizard and the Bruiser instead. Welcome everybody to our episode on the Happy Meal uh toys. Uh I should say I shouldn't have paused there. Welcome to our episode on Happy Meal Toys. I am excited to do this one because this was definitely just one of those episodes where I was just sitting scrolling on my computer just going, oh, oh yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> oh, man. I remember that one. It really did define my childhood. I mean, I even mm-hmm. had friends would make fun of my obsession with McDonald's uh, as a kid to a certain degree. I mean, even through high school, every Monday I would go to McDonald's and uh, eat there uh, as was tradition every single Monday night, and that was at least the at least once a week I was eating at McDonald's, um, getting that quarter pounder meal. But before that, I was indoctrinated with the um, absolutely with the um, you know feature of getting a tiny plastic toy in every single meal I got when I went there, and uh, usually they were. Toys that I wanted because they were properties that I was into, you know. I mean, of course, there's all the Disney stuff. I mean, my favorite, which we'll talk about, the changeables, the uh, tran- essentially the Transformer knockoffs. That was like the heyday to mm-hmm. me. That's my Happy Meal toy, and I would love to hear from the community of what you guys got hype for because we're all different ages as well, and we all have different memories. But I remember those. And we'll, again, we'll get more in detail. Uh, don't you worry about the Transformer knockoff, uh, the uh, tr- uh, Happy Meal toys that we got. Oh, my God. I loved those things way too much, unnecessarily. So, growing up, I grew up in a conservative Jewish household, and we kept kosher. And it was a it, like the two things that made me feel the most like out of step with the mainstream. Like, the things that made me... Like the most like no, like you are a one percent religious minority as a child was Christmas and McDonald's. These two like and the, on equal scale in terms of importance to the meta culture around me. Like these are two fundamental pillars of childhood that was not for us in a way. And I really like coveted McDonald's. I thought it was this mystical place because the ads were on. Every single children's show, every single like you could not turn on a TV without seeing an ad for the latest Happy Meal toys and Ronald McDonald and the whole uh, McDonald land area. There'd be like a continuing arc with the characters. And it just seemed like this magical world where there was a like an indoor playground and a magical clown king who like benevolently handed out uh, delicious food to all the good children. And it's not for you because you're Jewish. It just felt so weird. I mean, I, w- I want to tell you, like, you didn't miss out. But Jake, I'm so sorry, bro. You super missed out. It was incredible. It was like that. Everything you just described was what it was. <laughs> so recently there was a uh, celebration in my family. My s- little sister got married and I had tons of family in town. And my two little nephews, three years old, four years old, were at my parents' house, and I saw them uh, on the living room floor playing with all these little plastic toys. And one was like a Garfield on a scooter, and one was like a little Mickey Mouse with a, a interchangeable plastic outfit, and one was Dot from the Animaniacs, one was a Barbie, and I was like, wait a minute, 
All of those are Happy Meal toys. Wait, did we never ate? How did we, what is going on? And I talked to my mom and I was like, we never ate at McDonald's. Where did all these Happy Meal toys come from? And my mom would be like, well, if you saw a commercial, you and your sisters, you'd like beg us for these toys. So like on my way home from work, I'd run into a McDonald's, buy a Happy Meal, take out the toy and hand the food to whoever was behind me in line. And that's how we got all these. And like, so these kids with like no frame of reference, you know, are playing with like a Bobby's World race car that Uh my mom lovingly got me in 1992. And it's there's something like profoundly uh, heartwarming about it, even though it really is. And I hate to be. I, it really is just a cynical fucking move to like extract money out of kids. <laughs> like, yeah, it totally is. This is one of those, you know, I have no excuse for it. I even literally just had to ban burger and fries from my diet like last week for the millionth time. I am addicted to a <laughs> hamburger and french fries. And it's a lot of that is McDonald's fault. I mean, I was so into it. Uh, I, I, I And I almost primarily ate at McDonald's until uh, I, I got older because of how well done the marketing was for the Happy Meal. Mm-hmm. You also had the Play Zone. And, you know, there was just something about McDonald's uh, uh, overall past Wendy's and Burger King and everything that just said, like, this is a place for you. This is a place for kids. I mean, birthday parties as well, which we'll get into because the person who created the Happy Meal essentially also developed the birthday party concept as we know it at McDonald's. I don't know how much that, how prevalent that is. Now, Burger King competed for sure. There was one moment in time where Burger King uh, stole mm-hmm. McDonald's business away for me. And that was when they, as they had the Kids Club, which we could talk about just a little bit as well, but they offered Ninja Turtles. They weren't even good. Looking back, like they mm-hmm. were just like that weird Michelangelo thing where he slides mm-hmm. underneath the thing and they were all like like lanyards and so it was just like not even not lanyards but they were all like weird they weren't action figures they weren't toys as we know them but still I had to try to get as many as possible and I'm also pretty sure I only got that Michelangelo one every time I went and it was infuriating for sure so one of the things I, I was like always I was thinking about this entire time was like, how do they get away with this? How does McDonald's get to like mass produce these like bespoke toys and practically give them away uh, for decades? And the fact is, you know, when you think of the cost of like raising beef, when you think of the cost of like cutting, prepping and frying potatoes, when you think of the cost of like Coca-Cola, like it all adds up. And the toy itself, especially if it's just like one of those lumps of plastic. That could cost only like 10 cents. It's an incredible thing that by adding 10 cents of toy to a meal, the reward center of your brain is just heightened almost as if like they had put extra cheese on it or like a big slice of bacon on it. Like when you're a grown up and you want to like indulge at a fast food place, they just add more and more extravagant just grease and sugar and slop to it. To make your brain explode at the same level that like a Bugs Bunny in a Superman costume did for me when I was eight. Like it's yeah. it's all about reinforcing 
and rewarding the eater's brain and just yes. getting that habit burned into people. Because, dude, I was, I'm straight up addicted. And it's so funny now because I never eat at fast food restaurants, maybe on a road trip. And I usually prefer Burger King because I now actually prefer the Whopper to the McDonald's offerings. But even then, like, it's so rare. But I mean, I'm talking, it wasn't just a weekly habit. It was like multiple times a week. They hooked me in so bad to the point where I'm already thinking about in doing this episode, I was thinking about Winnie and like how I want to try to develop her her palate and her diet and try to keep her away from this <laughs> scourge at the end of the day, you know, and the, and what's interesting, too, is we definitely have some developments even very recently about how McDonald's um, is going to move forward with toys going green, how they've been moving forward for the past decade with trying to make their Happy Meals a bit healthier uh, so, and these efforts are interesting for sure, but a little too little too late. And and uh, at the end of the day, you know, thank you again, Ronald Reagan, for allowing this uh, you know mass marketing to children uh, that we have uh, starting our, in the eighties, essentially, and moving into you know up to today. It's the with the way that we sell kids uh, to- toys to kids, and we sell kids. The way we sell them to other countries. Franklin I mean, Savings and Loan, look it up. It's a real thing. It happened. <laughs> Nobody who went to jail for it. <laughs> Another thing that uh, going into this, I really thought about was how the hype cycle, like when we think of uh, the Marvel movie cycle, when we think about the, uh, you know, just the internet thing where like, oh, the movie's coming out. Oh, the movie's here. That like cross marketing juggernaut. It like started in my mind with the Happy Meal, like Disney and McDonald's hand in hand in the 90s, creating this like feeling that like their movies were events, that something big was happening. And that if you like the movie, you got to go to McDonald's to get the toys because those toys were like the first things on the shelves or, you know, just the first totems from the movies that you could get your hands on. And the commercials for the toys would build up hype for the movies and the movies would build up hype for the toys. And everything was just kind of screaming at you that like Aladdin is important. Everybody loves Aladdin. And it all just, it just kept everything going. It just, it's, it's, I I feel like, I feel like I didn't have a choice. I feel like I was just, I was powerless before this onslaught. Yeah, it's, it's how I feel. I agree, especially the, yeah, the Disney thing really was, I mean, it was, the movie that was everywhere, it was the thing that, you know, outside of the Happy Meal toy, it already would have been effervescent, right? But then it's like even the place I go eat is is tied to this cultural phenomenon for us. And it did feel, it was just so tailored to us, like the whole thing, the, the Happy Meal and the movie promotion. It was, but it was fun, man. It was fun. And so in a way, I do kind of look at some of these new efforts to like, let's say not sell not do plastic toys and i feel a little bad because like it was so fucking fun and that was a good thing at least like even with like cracker jack boxes or or prizes in cereal boxes oftentimes they were disappointing events right you would get to the bottom mm-hmm. and you'd be like what is this like plastic you know plastic piece of shit or this like dumb what is this a stamp like what do you mean and but the happy meal toy more often than not was actually legit right was like and that's why the changeables were so cool because it was like what you can really play with this thing this is like really actually well made and i'm like 
it's like up there in my mind with like a toy I would I would have to like bug my mom to take me to Toys R Us to go get, right? It was like, wow, and I got that just by like eating a meal. But there was also the weird loot box for kids thing because for any given property, there'd be like, like you said, a lanyard, uh, yeah. ri- a wrist wallet. Yeah, uh, you get like the shitty one. To, or, but or, then one you of know. them would be like a fully functional MP3 player. I'm exaggerating, yes. but there'd always be like that one holy shit toy. Exactly. And you or, had to or, just hope that the guy behind the counter who's reaching into the loose box of Happy Meal toys yanks out the one you want. Or because of the obnoxious like gender norms, there would sometimes be like the one toy that was considered lame to boys. It would be like mm. a girlier offering or something and you'd be like oh man as opposed to you know the, oh, well, the for they they'll still gender the toys they'll have like a girl toy and a boy toy available at the same time where like it'll be uh pretty princess uh, uh lady flyers versus and or like tanks <laughs> just, yeah just a tank and I, I I feel like that has obviously changed, but but isn't the classic at the end of the day? It's been this way for years. I don't know if they've changed this or not, but the boys' meal, you know, depending on the month of the year, you've got the boys' meal being Hot Wheels mm-hmm. and the girls' Happy Meal coming with Barbie. Yeah, right. And that has also been a standard, like reinforcing these very specific gender norms has also been a part of Happy Meal history from the very beginning. And the very beginning, hey. Hold on, wait, before we get into it, before we get into it. All right, it, all right, all right. How do you feel about that little bag of cookies that would be in the things in the 80s? I loved it. What do you mean? How did I, I've snarfed them down like a, you Were know, they good? Psychotic. I don't remember. I never. I, I loved the co- the little cookies. Holy shit. Uh-huh. Jake, I want to like give you a new childhood. I just no, feel like. No, it's fine. It's fine. You had a little bag of cookies and I had Yom Kippur. We both had great things. <laughs> <laughs> you got a present every day for like nine days and yeah, we had yeah. just one day where you got a shitload of presents. Yeah, you know? it's different strokes for different folks. And yeah. you know. It's fine. It's fine. Right, we don't need to talk about the folks and how they stroke, Jake. Let's get our minds out of the gutter a little bit here. I Unbelievable. Can't. I literally can't. I have been <laughs> oh in the my gutter God, for so long. Right now. I call <laughs> this is uh, abuse. This is uh, uh, office abuse. All right. I can't. I am. I feel brain dead. I just want to assure everybody I'm not on anything right now, but I feel like I am talking mush mouth right now. So let's see if we can do this episode. Here we here we have it. A Happy Meal is a kid's meal sold at McDonald's since mid-1979, and a small toy or book is always included with the food, usually contained in a red cardboard box. The smiley face, the McDonald's logo, a lot of times the toy is a marketing, marketing tie-in to a TV show, film, or toy line. Mm-hmm. So the first McDonald's was open in 1940 by two siblings. A little, by the way, Jake, I'm going to take us a little very brief mm-hmm. history of McDonald's. Okay, which weirdly we just talked about um, in our Blockbuster episode because mm-hmm. the guy who ended up taking Blockbuster uh, to huge success copied a lot of McDonald's franchising approach um, right. and the way that they maintained a lot of control over their franchises in a way that other franchises did not. But going back to the OG, uh, the first McDonald's opened in 1940 by siblings Richard and Maurice McDonald in San Bernardino, California. In 1948, they introduced the Speedy Service System, which expanded on early fast food techniques. The original fast food, by the way, it seems, according to to my research, my brief 
research on the history of McDonald's. Uh, apparently, the first fast food was White Castle, and that was in the 20s. They you know, introduced the whole concept of a limited menu, high-volume, low-cost, high-speed hamburger restaurant, and the, they got to that, that food to the customers fast. This one, this one, uh, this was done using the assembly line approach to meal making, uh, and the initial mascot for McDonald's was actually a chef hat on top of a hamburger, referred to as Speedy. So they were all, you know, focused on the quickness uh, when it came to these this early phase with McDonald's. The real turning point, however, for the business would be when a man named Ray Kroc purchased the company and he figured out an approach to franchising, gave him more control, tons of money through aggressive expansions. And before this time, he was a milkshake mixer salesman and he was impressed with the McDonald brothers who bought some of his mixers for their establishments and decided, hey, I think I could take this business to the next level. In 1962, this mascot, the chef's hat, would be replaced by the Golden Arches with Ronald McDonald being introduced in 1965 as a way to target a child audience and there was always this based this in the background i think there was always this approach of mcdonald's is a family restaurant i don't think we you know i guess we think of mcdonald's as a family restaurant today but i've seen so many so much footage of like the crazy rick and morty (laughs) sauce guy and like how many fights have you seen in a mcdonald's on the internet i mean i don't know maybe if you're like me and you look watch public freak out videos all the time uh but i i feel like I forgot the how how geared towards families it, this franchise was, especially you know all through the eighties and nineties, and you know I, I think that's almost changed a little bit in more recent times. But regardless, the first Happy Meal actually uh, the the basic concept came from Guatemala of all places. Now this is going to be an interesting story, guys, because definitely it seems that this Guatemalan lady really developed the concept, and yet. Some older white dude uh, okay, tends to so swoop is, in and take all the credit, Jake. Unbelievable. This is under dispute because uh, McDonald's did an amazing thing and uh, awarded both of these people uh, individual like prizes for having invented the Happy Meal and then just never like settled it. Yeah, but it's it's a common it's a common thing. Where, uh, you know, an idea is burgeoning, an idea is makes sense, and it comes from, par- you know, parallel thinking, I believe is the word when you're trying to explain why you stole a joke. Um, uh, in fact, the children's meal that, uh, as it stands from a fast food place, uh, you know, originally started from a chain called Burger Chef, where they introduced it in 1960, oh no, wait, 1974. And where they introduced the fun meal, which uh, actually did a gangbusters because uh, one of their first kind of toys that they had was a Star Wars tie in uh, right around the time that Star Wars was becoming a big deal. Uh, Burger Chef was the number two burger chain. Uh, It was uh, then uh, really uh, there was a horrific murder that happened in like the 80s that kind of uh, killed their momentum and they were bought out by Hardee's. But like the idea of getting families in the door by offering a low cost, high reward, smaller portion for children that then when the parents are also there, they might as well buy full priced meals for themselves was like in the air. So it's not like, you know, uh, Miss Yolanda had like a vision from the ether and was like, I must give the world 
a hamburger with a piece of plastic. <laughs> but still, she is technically seems to be the first person to develop uh, the general concept for McDonald's. Uh, yes, her name, Yolanda Fernandez de Cofino. Uh, and she and her husband, Jose, purchased the first McDonald's franchise in Guatemala. And not long after they got the restaurant up and running, Yolanda noticed that the menu items were too large for kids. So she introduced a children's menu she called the, quote, Ronald menu. And this included a hamburger, small fries, and Sunday and a smaller portion, as well as a toy that she would gather from a local market. Yolanda said, the thing is, nobody here in Guatemala really knew McDonald's when we started, so they didn't know what a Big Mac was. And because they really didn't understand the name of the sandwiches, you would see a boy trying to finish a Big Mac. So I thought there should be a smaller meal for a parent to order that a child could finish. McDonald's exec soon noticed the popularity of the menu item, uh, who had her present it to the World Franchisee Convention in 1977. This was a success, and the company renamed it to Happy Meal and introduced it to the worldwide market in 1979. Yolanda would later reach much acclaim for her introduction of the kids' birthday party to the fast food chain as well, and get a whole second Ronald Award for that, by the way. The Ronald Award is a little silver Ronald McDonald statue. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, she got she has two. It's unbelievable. So uh uh but there's also this other guy that came in, Bob Bernstein, retired senior executive vice president of McDonald's, Paul Schrage, had this to say. The idea for the Happy Meal came from our competitor, Burger Chef, which had been offering gifts to kids. Our regional ad manager in St. Louis, Dick Brams, was aware of this and thought it was a nifty idea, and he contacted a guy in Kansas City named Bob Bernstein. Bernstein came up with the idea that the actual uh, that the actual box would have stuff on it, like activities, things for kids to read, um, and this actually was inspired by cereal boxes. He had his own kid, and he would uh, stare at his kid every morning, of reconsidering all of his choices, while the kid <laughs> would stare at the cereal box and uh, eat his breakfast uh, while doing so. I have to say, when you talk about Happy Meals, the uh, the the actual stuff on the box kind of falls by the wayside because our, our modern brains can't even consider the fact that just like having amusing images and dumb matching puzzles and like little like comic strips on a piece of cardboard is in fact a value add. But in a uh -huh. pre-iPad era, in a pre-world uh, where instant entertainment was not available, yeah, there was it actually boredom. ruled that like you had something to engage with. Yeah, there was boredom abounded, man. I mean, it was ridiculous. You know, you you, you people don't understand that. So now you got to pull up the bootstrap now. But honestly, <laughs> I do feel all boomery talking about it. But yeah, we were... You know, I think this is a thing that we were that I don't think a lot of kids deal with as much these days. We were bored as fuck a lot. <laughs> you know, I mean, I remember just coming up with all sorts of weird stuff to get out of boredom. Classically, I used to dress up like a vampire, hide in the bushes, wait for cars to pass my house and then run after them uh, to try to scare them, which uh, they would always be laughing, Jake. I never understood why. I thought I was being quite terrifying. I would just build little spaceships out of office supplies and have uh, epic space opera battles and wars between them. Like a normal kid. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba-go!
at participating McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. So Bob Bernstein is considered the father of the Happy Meal as he developed the concept into the final product we're familiar with today. And yes, Burger Chef offered its own fun meals, which included a toy. They even had Star Wars boxes I in 1978. I thought you said that. I right. said that. Let well, did you the say record this? show. Cut that part then, but I'll also say this. But also, uh, Burger Chef, uh, which Jake already mentioned, would later sue McDonald's for mm-hmm. stealing their idea, which is kind of hilarious because uh, McDonald's would later sue Burger King for <laughs> the Burger King Kids Club meals, uh, it was, uh, which, which is ridiculous. So everybody's stealing everything from everyone, it seems, when it comes to fast food. I would say, in I understand the uh, narrative of the mean, old, white uh, advertising <laughs> guy stealing the idea of the precious Guatemalan uh, McDonald's food empire owner. Look at her. She takes in mangled dogs and feeds them and brings them back to good health, Jake. Uh, she's a wonderful Guatemalan she woman. She died a millionaire. Um, this but- old white man. Oh, he likes to count his uh, fancy trophies that he steals from children, which they win for participating in sporting events. He did, in fact, go so far as to finalize the design of the Happy Meal box with the little golden arches as the handles yes. and actually had the trademark for the box design, which he sold back to McDonald's as his client for a dollar. Initially, he was going to go with sadness meals, but he realized that that might be kind of a bummer. So he changed it to Happy Meals. Well, I mean, the first uh, official (laughs) tie-in was for Star Trek The Motion Picture, which is not like... The most rollicking good time. It's a very weird, sterile choice for the first movie tie-in, for sure. And it would be like pictures of the actors from the movie and puzzles relating to the movie. It was very, very rough, The main uh, toy, actually, from that, I've seen pictures of it. It's kind of rad. It's like a eight-panel comic strip on a reel that you, like, hand-crank to read through it. Is like kind of as a comic nerd, I was like, ah, it's kind of neat. But actually, before that, uh, in the summer of 1979, the first Happy Meal debuted, and the first boxes, which were circus themed, they were these like circus wagons. uh, They they included toys such as tops, uh, McDoodler stencils, McWrist wallets, puzzles, and erasers in the shape of a McDonald Land character. Now, of course, if you're hearing that, you're 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 imagining that in your head. Not the funnest coolest toys, I would say, as their first offering, uh, for sure. The first official Happy Meal was a hamburger, cheeseburger, fries, soft drink, and cookies. So that stayed the standard for quite some time until the health nuts came and forced the children to eat some kind of a vegetable, for God's sake. I mean, the apples come with caramel sauce. So, like, who's... (laughs) It's not... You're not making that much progress. So, yeah, it was... uh, it, It was so weak, these initial toys that if you look back at the early commercials for Happy Meal toys they would actually make the toy a mystery and I mm. think that was actually on purpose because the toys sucked so much that they, they were like we shouldn't even show what the toys are we should just be like you'll get a mystery toy very loot boxy Jake mm-hmm. like you're like oh my god you're gonna get a toy in this in this box um, but they finally they, they do kick it up a notch throughout the 80s for sure so um, in 1982 
10 million Playmobil Happy Meal toys were recalled as they were deemed a choking hazard to kids under three. They consisted of little mini figures and tiny props for it. So very quickly, too, they're learning a couple lessons. A, what toys might be like more enticing to kids than others? What properties might be more enticing to kids? They're failing upwards for these first three years, right? Mm -hmm. And then, like, you can't... If you notice all of the little plastic Happy Meal toys now, like, they all are... Even the removable parts are um, approached in a way that, like, they wouldn't necessarily be choking hazards. But, like, if you look at these um, Playmobil Happy Meal toys, they are so tiny, and they all have, like, little hats Mm -hmm. and little, like, just little bobbly things that would be so easy for a kid to swallow. Mommy, mommy, my trachea's feeling ouchy. Did you you eat the tiny hat, son? Yes. (laughs) I'm divorcing your father. All right. But an early big hit toy for the franchise came in the form of a partnership with Mattel. This was, uh, this was what was it, 1982 as well, I think, maybe 1983. But th- that early on, they were offering either a Hot Wheels car or a Barbie, depending on whether you asked for a boy or girl toy with your Happy Meal. And that would be a regular tradition for <laughs> hey, them for years Hey, let me get a hamburger and, and put a boy toy on the side. I want a boy toy, <laughs> and I want it to give me joy. I'm divorcing your father. (laughs) But regardless, in 1983, they also introduced Play-Doh into the Happy Meal, uh, which I guess is passable because Play-Doh mostly consists of water, salt, and flour. Mm -hmm. But it does seem like a dodgy one because, you know, why would you include this thing that kids shouldn't eat but do eat with (laughs) your Happy Meal? I never ate the Play-Doh. And I feel it's I just didn't realize I just was like, oh, this is clay. You don't eat clay. Oh, it's just salty goodness. Did you sniff the marker? Yeah, I always sniff the marker. Okay. I was about to say, I was like, maybe you just weren't like as much of a drug, future drug addict as me, but I definitely ate the Play-Doh, <laughs> and I definitely sniffed that marker. For film, a huge hit was Ghostbusters toys. Again, though, the first Ghostbusters movie like isn't, it, it's that weird fine line between like it. I guess it's a kids movie, but it's not a kids movie. Because this is hey, before kids, the Ronald cartoon. McDonald here get a real Dan Aykroyd getting sucked off by a ghost figure. <laughs> I would love put that it on your exist. handlebars. He makes a goofy face when he comes. Because this is, by the way, before. I mean, we did our episode episodes, I believe, on Ghostbusters, and you can catch all that. And yes, of course, obviously, they had the cartoon. It was as time went on, more geared towards kids. This is based off the first movie. Mm-hmm. Just like we're going to get to Batman Returns in a little bit. You know, that fun kids flick, Batman Returns, where fucking Danny DeVito fucking eats... Is it Danny DeVito? Danny DeVito bites the nose off a human being. Yeah, he bites the nose off of a guy. The first thing you (laughs) see in the movie is a couple throw a deformed child to drown in a river. Lots of things. (laughs) It's not a... um, That's the movie where uh, Catwoman, like melts uh christopher walken's face with a taser like a lot all of right, fun don't things. get my don't get me all hard over here jesus god uh, i'm divorcing your father uh <laughs> it's a classic catchphrase holden 
I know. I'm going to choose it at least eight more times, by the way. It's, it's already old. It's already done. I've done it three times. I'm going to do it eight more times. I'm divorcing your father. Uh, so the Ghostbusters toys came out in 1984, along with the release of the first movie. Uh, instead of toys, books were offered around the release of An American Tale, which told stories about Fievel and his fam. Uh, more, uh, notable in 1985, we're, going to, we're just walking down memory lane right now, y'all. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the nostalgia blast. My Little Pony toys entered the Mom Get Me a Fucking Happy Meal Arena uh, in the mid-80s, and that was a huge hit, obviously, uh, that franchise. 1986... Oh, man. This is when things really started to heat up. 86, 87 were some banger-ass years really? for the Happy Meal. I would say... I, I mean, first of all, the Halloween Boo Buckets was oh, yeah, such... Yeah, yeah. Like, looking at those things reminds me of childhood. I smell fall. Mm-hmm. I remember what it was like to go trick-or-treating. Like, everybody had them. little plastic... It was either a pumpkin, a witch, or a ghost, mm-hmm. right? And those little plastic things, yeah, exactly. Every year, all the kids would have them. Some kids would even use them for their actual trick-or-treating. It was just such a fucking standard. And that is, I guess, the 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 mystique around the Happy Meal for people our age. Like, they were so embedded in our lives month by month, year by year, that like... Yeah, Halloween wasn't Halloween without those things, you know? And then once we start getting into all the Disney properties and stuff like that, I'm like, oh my God, that's right. Like, Oliver and Company <laughs> was like, it was like huge because, and a lot of it was because of those toys and how horny I got for the, uh, the, the lady dog in that movie. So can we get into Disney? Because I want to take the reins for a second here because I find this collaboration like fascinating. Yeah, and the reason why I said 1986-1987 were banger years for uh, the Happy Meal, it's because 1987 is when we get that partnership with Disney. So, weirdly enough, Walt Disney and Ray Kroc of McDonald's actually served together in World War II. This is a uh, legit thing. They were both underage kids that uh, forged their documents and signed up to drive ambulances for the Red Cross and they were in the same unit um, back in Company A. But when McDonald's was kind of, when Ray Kroc was kind of building up steam and getting his franchise engine going, he saw his old war buddy Walt was building an empire out in California at Disneyland. And he actually wrote a letter saying, Dear Walt, I feel presumptuous addressing you in this way, yet I feel sure you would not want you want me to address you any other way. Uh, I look over at the Company A picture we had taken at Sound Beach, Connecticut. Um, I have recently taken over the national franchise of the McDonald's system. I would like to inquire if there may be an opportunity for a McDonald's in your Disneyland development. And this never got to Walt Disney. His, uh, v- his vice president, who was in charge of taking care of all the concession stuff, was like, nah. But it's just fascinating that there's this like tie, like literally these two titans that re- terraformed the entire American landscape under their wills actually met at this early stage of like basically teenage childhood during this pivotal moment in American history. Um, The first big promotion between McDonald's and, uh, and Disney was the splash for cash promotion where to promote the, uh, New ride Splash Mountain at Disneyland. Disney uh, sponsored a money contest and scratch-off tickets and all these things. And that did pretty well. 
they did even better with a Little Mermaid tie-in. And this was like the beginning of the Disney Renaissance, if you're, you know, an animation nerd. Uh, there was less success with Rescuers Down Under. The toys did not move a lot of units, not many butts in the seats for that one, because it was Rescuers Down Under. And uh, their relationship strained when they sunk a ton of money into the Dick Tracy Crime Stopper game. Yes. Disney actually was so dismayed at how their promotional dollars were kind of wasted. The whole movie, by the way, was just a giant attempt to capture that Tim Burton Batman magic, and it just Uh flopped super hard. Um, Disney jumped ship to Pizza Hut and Burger King for tie-ins with Beauty and the Beast. At this point, the fast food market and the children's marketing worlds were exploding. Uh, Saturday morning cartoons were becoming more and more popular. The uh, Disney Renaissance was getting more butts into the seats to watch cartoons. Disney competitors were releasing animated movies, all with their own toy tie-ins, because that's what you did. Uh, And while Disney was kind of rogue at this point, they did team up for the 1996 Disney Video Masterpiece Trivia Challenge, in which uh, besides handing out uh, little toys in uh, video, in replica video boxes, obviously the Disney vault was not as locked down as it was back then, People could actually win prizes if they answered trivia questions correctly. This was a pre-Google era, and local librarians were swamped with phone calls from local McDonald's of people asking the reference desk, like, what was the name of uh, Robin Hood's friend? I I forget. Tell me. Tell me, you piece of shit. I got to win a free hamburger. (laughs) The success of that promotion in 1997 led to a $100 million deal between McDonald's and Disney in which McDonald's paid a hundred million, I said a hundred million dollars, for promotional use of their characters, shows, movies, and theme parks. The biggest deal of its time. Uh, The deal went on for 10 years, and this is the era that gave us uh, Toy Story toys, Lilo and Stitch, Bugs Life toys, and yes... This is the same deal that was responsible for the Mulan special edition Shezwan mm. sauce, immortalized by Rick and Morty. Check out a Rick and Morty episode. You can hear us lament that whole saga. You know, the McDonald's food started taking over uh, Disney World and Disneyland. It was offered all over the parks. Every new Disney toy or Disney movie would have its own cross promotion. It really was like the when I think of just the nonstop narrative, just the entire headspace of children in that era with the movies and the shows tying in to the Happy Meals, tying into everything else. This is the era I think about. And um, by the time uh, the deal was over in 2007, the nation's tone had changed. Super Size Me had come out. Fast Food Nation, the book had come out. And the McDonald's brand was not as safe and family friendly than uh, McDonald's had previously banked on. So the deal was not renewed. Steve Jobs himself, which thanks to the Pixar acquisition, was one of the largest shareholders of Disney at the time, was like, we got to get we got to end this. This food is bad for kids. This is like bad for everyone. I'm going to uh, needlessly die of cancer because I'm drinking papaya shakes instead of getting chemo. I'm Steve Jobs. (laughs) All you know, it's the classic Steve Jobs stuff. Very classic health expert Steve Jobs. Absolutely. Uh, uh, Incredible. Um. Yeah, and we'll get to some of those more like healthy efforts because of all of that bad press uh, that we would see later on with McDonald's. But before that, I'm going to take us all the way back 
to that amazing year. 1987, another reason why it was such a good-ass year, not just the Disney shit, dude, not just the boo buckets or whatever they're called, the fucking Halloween shits, but also, you, also I was five, and also you had the Changeables, also known as McRobots. This was a carbon copy of the Transformers robot. It took the kids' toys market by storm in the 1980s. Transformers were first introduced in the market in 1984 with a popular cartoon airing that same year. The first series was introduced in 1987 and featured six robots, Big Mac, Large Fries, McNuggets Box, Milkshake, Egg McMuffin, and Quarter Pounder. Series 2 launched in 1989 with the Big Mac and Large Fries returning in a new color, and they also got a robot name. Uh, this whole line got robot names, uh, Macro Mac and Fry Force, respectively. Uh, there were also uh, a, soft, a small soft drink referred to as Crypto Cup. So invest in Crypto huh. Cup. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? I do not invest in Crypto Cup. If you go to <laughs> eBay right now, McDonald's cha- like churned out so many of these toys all over the world, all at once, that there is very little uh, value added. There's people that will sell like entire 101 Dalmatian product lines for like 50 bucks. It is not, it is not appreciated in value. <laughs> Uh, the small fries are known as Frybot, hot cakes as Robo Cakes, and quarter pounder box as Galactica Pounder. Um, cheeseburger is C2, and the ice cream is known as the Turbo Cone. Now, the final series, which might be my favorite of all, this was released in 1990. They switched it up. They had the food items turning into fucking dinosaurs, bro. Oh, Get put wrecked. it in my veins. Get wrecked, noob. This included Happy Mealodon, McDino Cone, Hot Cakes O'Dactyl. That's right, Jake. Everybody's favorite. Hot Cakes O'Dactyl. That sounds uh, like the worst <laughs> Irish gangster. <laughs> this one makes a lot more sense. Fry Ceratops. I would love that's, to be in the room. Normal. That's Why normal. Why could they all be normal? Hot Cakes O'Dactyl is insane. That's what a mad person comes up with. In Listen a, in here, a boy. I'm going to get me money and, or else you're going to find out why they call me Hot Cakes O'Dactyl. <laughs> oh, wait, I got another one for you. Big Mac Osaurus Rex. Trishakatops. Trishakatops. Wait, but they already had Fryceratops. They already telling me they had McNuggets Osaurus and a uh, quarter pounder with cheese Osaur. This is terrible. Also, <laughs> I, I, I had a couple of these and- when they I when you say these. they change into robots, what they mean is you they flip rule. the burger bun up and there's like a gnarled face and like there two were flats. three different articulation points on each one, so you actually had that that brief feeling of changing them from one thing to the other. It was a little more intricate than you expected. I'm, I just want to throw that out there. It was mm. a little more intricate than you expected. It was a little more well-made than you expected. I mean, the craftsmanship, you know, these toys held up in a way that a lot of transforming toys, I just think it's the high watermark of the whole shit. You know I'm, what I mean? Th- I think Three articulation points is not a lot of moving parts. There's a reason, because it's just a piece of plastic that flips a little. It's not like an Optimus Prime that has like 800 die-cast parts. All like- Jake, I understand that I fired you earlier, but I just want to say I feel like you're just fucking with me right now. I mean, I love these things. They're perfect, and nothing you can say will destroy that for me. Holden, I know you've been feeling resentful ever since I fired you, and obviously <laughs> yeah. you're free to file a complaint <laughs> really with Last Podcast Network. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like this arbitration needs to happen off mic. This is the most arbitrary arbitration I've ever been a part of. <laughs> 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 All right.
right. So uh, now we move in to 1988, and that was another fucking slick year for Happy Meal Toys. Um, and it was, again, just for me, everyone's going to be like, dude, what about all the shit that came out in the 90s and the 2000s? We're, we're going to talk about some of that stuff, but obviously I was fucking six. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. you're going to get a little bit more on the late 80s uh, offerings. But you had Muppet Babies toys. You had those Bambi figurines that everyone had those Bambi figurines. You had you, you could get the gun uh, that the hunter shot the mom with. <laughs> that was fun. It would actually shoot little pellets. You got Thumper and his little girlfriend and they just like pounded it out in front of you. Oh, it was so dirty. It was so <laughs> fun. It was how I learned about it, all that stuff. Uh, you had the Fraggle Rock gang with their own little cars you could roll around. I think that kind of introduced like oh kids like stuff that roll around that you can kind of play with in that way um i already mentioned uh, oliver and company but burying the lead here in 1988 we got the mcnugget buddies now i went down a crazy wormhole uh with this very unhinged blogger that i think might be alt-right but i'll get to that in just a second this person said chicken mcnuggets debuted on the mcdonald's menu in 1983 and the mcnugget buddies debuted in ads almost immediately thereafter the mcnugget buddies were living, talking puppet versions of their chicken-based counterparts. The McNugget Buddies were just like us. They had jobs, personalities, dreams, and desires. They liked to play basketball. They could rap. They got married in ceremonies performed by Ronald McDonald. They loved to roll around ass-naked in barbecue sauce. God, they were so fucking much like us. Eventually, someone in McDonald's marketing division realized that McNugget Buddies could be more than just cute little puppets in TV commercials. They could be cute little Happy Meal toys as well. The original original set of McNugget Buddies this is all still from this unhinged person's blog. The original set of McNugget Buddies was released in December of 1988 and featured 10 different toys. Corny McNugget, First Class McNugget, Drummer McNugget, Sarge McNugget, Sparky McNugget, Rocker McNugget, Volley McNugget, <laughs> Boomerang McNugget. I'm going to need you to stop McNugget. saying the word McNugget for like five <laughs> seconds just to like get my brain on right. Snorkel and Corny McNugget. The promotion corny featured. Mc- I th- I looked in the toilet the other day and I found a corny McNugget, and it was not. It was it was a little bit troubling. Ugh, yeah, very disturbing. He's a goofbag. He's like, oh, he looks like that essentially. The promotion featured two toys per week for five weeks, ending in January 1989. Now, the cool thing about these, and especially the Halloween version, people really like those. You had Boo McBoo McNugget, Mummy McNugget, Monster McNugget, Witchy McNugget. McNugula and Pumpkin McNugget. (laughs) Pumpkin Pumpkin McNugula is like the shittiest strain of weed you can buy in Colorado. (laughs) It's just already burnt. It's just burnt in a bag. Uh, So the, by the way, after this whole spiel for this crazy person, uh, the blog poster then goes on to attack both liberals and conservatives for eliminating our beloved McNugget buddies, describing them as, quote, come guzzling morons <laughs> and many other things I can't even say on this show. Uh, even even after being fired, I still feel uncomfortable. About it. This guy is troubled at best. He should be locked away. But I did appreciate the information he gave me about the names of all the McNugget buddies. Look them up. If you don't remember what I'm talking about, definitely look them up because you will immediately. They had interchangeable costumes. Mm-hmm. And so that led to a lot of fun for, for the kids. You could cut, switch them out. And the Halloween ones are really funky and cool looking. And again, you could switch them out, all the costumes and stuff. Uh, so that was kind of a neat addition. But yeah, closing out the 80s, I guess the powers that be decided kids love 
shit on wheels. We got those Garfield vehicles that you mm-hmm. mentioned at the beginning of the show. Birthday, uh, Mickey's Birthday Land race cars, and those crazy ass Batman Returns figurines in 1992. Uh, they had the Batman, yeah, those Batman, the Penguin's weird umbrella car. Do you guys remember that? That was a weird one. Wait, are we talking about? Okay, are we getting into Batman Returns? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, we can get into. Yeah, we're talking. By the way, the next for the next 30 minutes, we're going to be talking about weirdly how Batman Returns was made. Go on, Jake. So the I, now that I'm looking back on all these toys, the amount of vehicles are like insane. I think it's just because if you have the capacity to extrude a piece of plastic, you might as well just like put an axle on it. So now it's a more dynamic toy. Like the the if you already have a factory on lockdown churning out stuff and you don't want it just to be a lump of plastic, the the added cost and complexity of making a rolling lump of plastic is not that far. Uh, the Batman return. So Batman, the original Warner Brothers, Tim Burton movie was a gigantic marketing success. It was one of the first big superhero media juggernauts ever. Uh, And it kind of caught everybody by surprise because you have to understand, uh, we kind of went into this in our Batman series. Before then, Batman was just like the Adam West TV show. It was not adult. It was not spooky. It was not compelling. You didn't really see like adults with like a black t-shirt with a Batman logo on it. Like it just completely changed the game in so many ways. So when it came time for the sequel in 1992, Warner Brothers was ready. And to promote the film, they had a Batman launching Batmobile, which was a Batmobile that you hit a little spring-loaded button and it shot like a little torpedo version of the Batmobile out of it. I Everybody I knew immediately lost the launcher and they just had these weird skinny Batmobiles. Uh, Batman on a motorcycle, the Penguin's Roadster with a spinning umbrella top uh, up front and a Catwoman car that wagged its tail. Once again, none, very little, I mean, like, yeah, the Penguin did have a, like, a duck car in Batman Returns, if I remember. But if you look at the Batman Returns um, uh, merchandising of the time, none of them featured Danny DeVito Penguin. It was all, like, classic top hat monocle Penguin from the comics. Because the movie is fucking dark as shit. The movie is an insane psychotropic nightmare. Uh, There's death. There's mutilation. uh, You know, the penguin dies with his ass hanging out, like as black icor is like sputtering from his neck. It is really not for kids. And so by incorporating the Batman Returns marketing juggernaut to the children's kids meal, Parents groups got really upset because they would take their kids to see the new Batman movie and they already had the Happy Meal toys only to completely uh, traumatize them. Uh, A parents group called the Dove Foundation actually promoted a, uh, a, a movement to... Recall the toys. Uh, A spokesperson said, parents trust McDonald's. So why is McDonald's promoting a movie to little kids that's filled with gratuitous graphic violence? The uh, pushback got so severe that uh, the McDonald's director of media relations at the time said the objective of the Happy Meal program was to allow young people to experience the fun of Batman the character. It was not designed to promote attendance at the movie. It was not our intent to confuse parents or disappoint children. Uh, that's amazing. Uh, that's a dodge. That is a silly. That's incredible. I love it. I and but this was back when we were just talking about Ghostbusters. This was back when like 
there was this weird, I feel like right around this time, there was this weird movement of like putting out movies that were weirdly tri- like not for kids, but for kids. I, I don't mm-hmm. know how to describe it. Like You described it correctly. It was like we weren't allowed to see the movies that seemed to be very much marketed towards us. And it was just very bizarre. Oh, they were allowed to see it. They just, parents had to deal with the consequences yeah, of me like having nightmares from Gremlins 2. Totally. Well, also, you know, Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure with Large Marge. You know, it was just, it was, that, I, you I, I talked mentioned about this. Large Marge. At least once it. an episode. It because it, this you. is that time period where, where weirdly they would just throw this terrifying shit into. But you know what? I think we have it now with Stranger Things. Stranger Things. Kids fucking love Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because it has those elements that we're drawn to that stuff. We want we want to see a, a light version of the horrors of the world. The legends are true. The overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes. The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. And it should also be noted that, like, during the same year, we had Back to the Future, the animated series, Yo Yogi, uh, uh, Tiny Toons Adventures cards, like these Cabbage Patch Kids. Like, these are the idea that these are not for that you are promoting something not for kids in a Happy Meal toy is stupid. Although I will yeah. say, according to this wiki, another item that was offered this year was Michael Jackson Fitness Fun Toys. Oh, wow. That adds to my list of fitness toys that weirdly came out over the years uh, in Happy Meals. We'll talk about that in a, in a little while when we get to the weirder stuff that they would offer. They have to mean Michael Jordan. There was no way. It was I think like, it's Michael Jordan. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that would make sense. Yeah, that has to be a typo. That makes no sense if it was Michael Jackson. Um, so the Beanie Babies craze. Let's talk about it. 1997, capitalizing on the hype of Ty's Beanie Babies, McDonald's struck a deal with them to include teeny Beanie Babies in their Happy Meals. They're actually featured in the newest Beanie Babies documentary on HBO Max. Uh, this this was an insane part of the story. They manufactured a hundred million of the little bag animals in an attempt to be able to sell quote one for every household in America within a span of just a few weeks. End quote. This effort was not enough. The demand was absurd due to avid collectors. According to Zach Bizanet, author of The Great Beanie Baby Bubble, he said, some customers ordered a hundred Happy Meals and asked the cashier to keep the food. What was supposed to last for five weeks ended in two, and their entire supply was wiped out in two weeks. The the company was worried that, that the giant crowds were actually putting their employees in danger, so they totally nixed it after just two weeks. It wasn't quite the same as Beanie Babies, but you also did have Furbies, which made an appearance in Happy Meals in 1999, and many in keychain versions, again, uh, trying to capitalize on these like hot toy trends in the late 90s. 90s that were again just like the movie thing we were talking about was so weird there had to be some weird toy that adults were weird about uh a, a lot in these in the late 90s well holding those reason. uh voracious parents that wanted to invest in their children's future paid off because a quick search on ebay shows that you can get uh the complete set of original mcdonald's tie beanie babies uh numbered one to twelve in the bag sealed for Nine dollars. 
Oh, really? I must have an old list here then, because uh, from my account, the uh, if you a full set of the Teeny Beanie Babies were actually um, the most valuable items in Happy Meal form. But maybe I'm what wrong. What year? What year? I have it at $450, but maybe this is an old list. Mm. The other things that this list had, I'm just jumping over to the most valuable toys. None of it's too crazy, by the way. I thought there'd be like way great, like thousands of dollars, but mm-hmm. nothing's that crazy. Um, the the second in line to that were toys offered in 1979, uh, robots by Dean Urkeshi and underwater monsters. These were very simple plastic toys. They were all, you know, one, they were all one color. There was very little like detail in that sense. And I think just because they were probably just some of the earliest Happy Meal toys that were offered, they uh, go for quite a bit more money. Uh, you also had the 101 Dalmatians, Mario, Fraggle Rock, Power Rangers, and Inspector Gadget toys. They all go for a few hundred, apparently, in the collector's market. The Inspector market. Gadget ones, people mention a lot because it was yeah, a very weird a promotion because you would just get a leg or an arm or a torso oh, and so you, you had to really collect them all to make a giant actual inspector gadget toy. And when I say inspector gadget, I don't mean uh go go gadget propeller hat. I mean Matthew Broderick's weird 90s movie. Yes, so that's what it is. So when you uh, uh it has to be a full inspector gadget to get yeah. those $200 or whatever it is that uh, you can get for it. And um, the Furbies apparently uh, go for like 100 They made bucks. a bunch of those Furbies. Yeah. Another one that I think about all the time are uh, for a while in the 2000s, they made fo- like uh, little Sonic or Sega themed LCD games. And I remember being yes. like amazed. I was that about to mention those. A tiger, you know, something that like I coveted as a child was now the technology was so ubiquitous and cheap to produce that like it could be literally given away with a french fry. I made a joke about this but apparently also in the early 2000s they did offer those little finger skateboards that oh, I, tech I mentioned decks? that. Yes, I mentioned that on our at our study group as a joke but they actually did include those in the in the 2000s. Those those things ruled though. They were a lot of fun where you do little finger skateboards. Um it's how I learned how to finger um <laughs> What are we talking about now? Uh, right, you're talking anyways. about how you did a uh, a, a fakey 360 kickflip off your wife's uh, <laughs> vagina. <laughs> yes, absolutely. She was like, oh, oh, she was just fucking, oh, steam was coming out of her ears. It was crazy. I was like, what the fuck are you, Inspector Gadget? She's like, oh, put the leg on, put the leg on. <laughs> it was crazy. So anyways, I didn't go insane doing this research. I go crazy during these ones. It is such a weird, like, I've just been staring staring at Happy Meal toys for a week and I'm losing my mind. Uh, another notable franchise was Build-A-Bear. They released little teddies and Happy Meals in 2006. And you could get one, you could snuggle it, and you could have fun with it, do a 360 finger bang off of it, all that good stuff. I mean, the, re- the fact of the matter is, if you can think of a property at any year of your childhood, chances are it had some kind of Happy Meal tie-in. Those so, Adventure Time ones look really cool. The Adventure kind of Time the ones were fun because uh a it was like one of the first like toy tie-ins for the series for a lot of fans and then it Mm -hmm. got uh, a lot of crap because they were specifically the boy toys for that week even though (laughs) many people would argue that adventure time is more of a uh everybody show and some would argue that a boy toy was uh some kind of a younger man that's uh there for pleasure yes 
And what's more better than pleasuring millions of children? That's right. All right. What are we talking about here? Uh, I do have some really interesting intel on how they're made. I didn't think that I was going to be able to gather this info and was able to get it in the last second. Um, So it's uh, the Marketing Store is the name of the agency that uh, creates, designs all of these toys. Um, They have been doing it since the mid-80s. So for over 30 years now, they've been the sole source of McDonald's Happy Meal toys. Um, they are located in Chicago. They do have offices, I believe, uh, in a, like in London and maybe Hong Kong as well. I think they're sent the, the main offices in Chicago. Uh, a team of around 100 people create the hundreds of toys a year for Happy Meals. Director of Consumer Product Safety, Pam Edwards, said, We distribute 1.4 billion toys a year globally. There's about 550 a year that are designed and distributed around the world. We do all of them here. This makes the marketing store the largest toy manufacturer in the world and McDonald's the largest distributor of toys in the world, which is kind of amazing stuff. As for the process, which starts over a year ahead of time for any given toy, Senior Vice President Fred Jasinski breaks it down. A group of us get together, creative accounting, planning team, safety. So it starts with a list of ideas. Then we quickly get into pencil designs. The team might start sketching up what a character might look like. The safety team is looking at initial sketches before they get put into a presentation. So after the planning phase and creative phase, they enter the modeling phase in which the sketches are turned into a digital 3D model, then a real one, which is heavily tested in safety labs. Then there are some finishing touches made before it goes into full production phase. And then finally, there's the distribution phase. I think the couple things that I picked up from this that are interesting is the fact that like all of the teams are there from the beginning. Mm-hmm. How big of a deal this like there are multiple safety labs that these toys are put through. And I think also the the idea that they they it's like over a year, sometimes like two years ahead of time they're planning this stuff. And yet at the same time, they always have to try to be on top of the modern zeitgeist, right? Mm-hmm. With their stuff. So it's it's apparently just a, it seems like a very fast-paced environment and just the sheer volume of toys they have to design. It just seems like it's got to be quite the crunchy place to work. Just a lot going on. It was, I honestly did not realize that it was in fact McDonald's themselves producing the toys and that the franchises and the uh, items were kind of done through a licensing agreement. Uh, Uh Obviously, smaller companies and smaller brands have more to like have less leeway, more valuable brands. McDonald's might actually make it better in their favor. So it's this weird push and pull between what can you bring us? How do we maximize the promotional uh, synergy? How do we maximize the narratives for uh, for us? Uh, a 2012 article talked about the process for Mind Candy, an educational website for kids and brand owner of the Moshi Monster Toys and how they got to be in McDonald's Happy Meals. Uh, They basically broke down, we had to pitch McDonald's. We had to be like, listen, you have a website you want to promote. We have a website popular with kids. We're an educational site. You're getting a lot of heat. So like this is actually, this will be like a wholesome win. It's not like a destructive or violent brand. Uh, We can do app synergy. We can do all this. Um, 
the McDonald's company like works with them to kind of take their existing toys and streamline them in a way that makes them easier to produce for about 10 cents a unit, which McDonald's puts the cost of, uh, you know, uh, McDonald's has considerations like, do you have characters that would be exclusive to McDonald's? Do you have, uh, uh, do you have like, uh, what are you going to do to promote it outside of this? We're going to be promoting your brand. It's this entirely weird monster in of itself where instead of bus ads, instead of movie trailers, instead of, uh, live, uh, events, it's just a physical object next to a hamburger, which is just fascinating. Mm -hmm. But if you land that deal, this could, you know, it's a maker. It makes your thing legitimate in the eyes of the billions and billions of people that walk through McDonald's. Yeah, it really does. It is. It is just legitimizes any franchise for sure. As a kid, I could say, you know, anything that came out, I was just like, yep, that's cool. Now it's in the red box with the golden arches on top. Uh, so, of course unbelievable how these people stepped in were like you know america's full of fat kids you know what i mean we got to do something about it you know what i mean we got to stop enticing them uh, constantly with burgers and fries and sodas oh my and of course a toy included as well so uh, the yeah child obesity and happy meals started becoming more and more associated together uh, especially starting in 2002 there were actually two new york teens that filed a class action lawsuit against mcdonald's claiming it contributed to their childhood obesity. This was eventually dismissed from court, but again in 2010, California attempted to stop the company from giving away toys in a failed lawsuit. Uh, finally, in 2011, the city of San Francisco imposed an ordinance banning these fast food chains from giving out free toys. Of course, McDonald's, though, they're a bunch of slippery Susans. They get around this easily by just including a 10-cent surcharge for the toys so that they could include them in the Happy Meals in San Francisco. So the California thing was actually a huge debate at the time. Um, Gavin Newsom, then the mayor of San Francisco, tried to veto the city council in their move for this. There was a lawsuit from the Center for Science and the Public Interest where uh, parents, uh, you know, in a class action suit said that, you know, I'm trying to do my best here. But if you like make your food that much more desirable and promote it constantly, it's a huge pain in my ass. And it caused like I, it's it's hilarious. There was an ABC News brief I watched on YouTube from 2011 that went into this. And it starts with like the classic like, can you believe welcome to U.S. Sioux America like lawyers? Am I right? Like it's crazy. California. <laughs> And it's, you know, it's from this very anti-litigiousness standpoint. And as the segment goes on, they start talking to the parents and they're like, well, aren't you responsible for like telling your kids no? And you're like, the parents like, yes. And then the next week, another toy comes out and I have to keep telling them no. And then another toy comes out and another and another. And it's just, you know, the, the toys are like countering my own parenting every week with a billion dollar marketing blitz. Uh, And then they talk to a professor at Rutgers named Daniel Cook, who says, uh, you know, what are we doing with these toys? Like how why on earth is nourishing yourself treated as an entertainment reward? Like, of course, this like reinforces itself. It's by the end. I was like, maybe they have a point. It's kind of weird. Uh, and the thing that highla- that really hit at home was they started doing uh, interviews with kids at a McDonald's. 
And like at one after another after another, the reporter would ask, like, if they took the toys away, would you want to eat Happy Meals? And the kids would think about it for a second and they'd say, no. <laughs> you know, the experts actually came in and said, it's actually really expensive to change out the menu at a fast food place. The sheer scale of like uh, getting new ingredients and getting uh, new menu items and getting new cooking equipment is a massive investment. Whereas you, this 10 cent piece of plastic, you can switch out easily and the kids will come back. And you know, what kid is willing to eat the same thing over and over again without getting sick of it? Obviously some kids love uh, uh, the reliability of the Happy Meal, but like it really does keep kids involved with this same burger and fry for years and years because the cheaper thing to actually switch out is the toy. And it's kind of a brilliant move for a food distributor to uh -huh. make it. Another thing I found was a study from 2015 from uh, USC Marshall School of Business where they did a study where they tried to like recreate the Happy Meal effect for positive. And what they did was they uh, took a bunch of teenagers and instead of serving them higher calorie meals, they served them smaller portions with a more desirable prize, usually uh, a pair of cheap earbuds, something that at a commodity scale you could throw in a meal. And the kids that got a prize, quote unquote, were uh, reported themselves much more satisfied mm. with the meal because the they got the reward. You know, they they that's what you do when you go and get fast food. You're tired. You're you yeah. want something satisfying, and satisfaction is when the reward center in your brain is lit up. So yeah. it's this very weird, but it makes total sense from a psychology perspective that just giving a prize for the act of nourishing yourself will create this feedback loop. It's so in, it's so invasive and powerful that I I just never I never thought about it. I just never questioned yeah, the happy and, and, meal until you know, we did I'm this literally, research. As a grown man, almost forty, having to completely cut out hamburger and fries from his diet because he's so addicted to them, and looking back on my life, being like, oh right, I was like a McDonald's maniac even past the happy meal right by the time they had their hooks in me by the time i was eating the adults meal you mm -hmm. know i still craved it at least once a week and had to go get it you know and so it is it is definitely enforced um reinforced like a lot of uh dietary uh negatives in my life I was also addicted to soda as well, and, yeah. and I cut that out of my life as well a long time ago, but I was drinking at least two or three Cokes a day for a while there as a kid. Another part of the USC Marshall study uh, experimented with adults where they offered smaller portions, and instead of uh, a toy or earbuds, they got a chance to win an $100 Amazon gift card or a 10 or just a scratch-off ticket that may or may not be worth $10, and the people reported being satisfied, satiated, and because they got that dopamine hit with their smaller meal, they didn't even like eat more at dinner. Like they they got satisfied by yeah. something that wasn't food. It's totally psychological. And now our version of that is mobile games and microtransactions and actual loot boxes. And it, it just, the cycle continues. We'll, we'll always find a way mm. to get kids to spend their parents' hard-earned money, right? We'll, 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 we'll hire psychologists, we'll make sure it happens.
Well, at least starting in 2011, McDonald's did cave a little bit and added apple slices to the Happy Meal, as well as decreasing the serving size of fries. In 2013, they eliminated soda as the default drink in the kids' meals and eventually got rid of the cheeseburger altogether. If your parents give you the full like bottle of milk with your Happy Meal, I question <laughs> That yeah, is a right. weird choice. That is not like on a hot summer day, you come in, you're just like, God, I'm so thirsty. And then your parents are like, here's your milk and apples. <laughs> 2021 NPR reported that McDonald's is now in the process of phasing out plastic toys in an effort to go more green, instead making them mostly from corn and other materials with the change to be fully instated globally by 2025. <laughs> the company said this change will be equivalent to more than 650,000 people not using any plastic for a year, which is pretty wild. It's impressive until, like most of these efforts, like uh, a million kids will leave their brand new Shopkins toy in the car and that corn plastic is just going to melt into a puddle and yeah, they'll be like, be never mind. It's nasty. But I uh, just wanted to finish out with a few of the stranger Happy Meals toys we've gotten over the years. Uh, and that's all I've got left. The, there's been a weird trend towards fitness stuff. As we mentioned before, there was the Michael Jordan uh, fitness set, which included a Frisbee jump rope and a stopwatch. Oh, man, I'm so glad I got my Michael Jordan stopwatch from my Happy Meal. I'm not disappointed at all. No, the stopwatch is battery powered, so it's fancier. And you would have been jazzed to get a stopwatch <laughs> back in the day. Even weirder was the fitness trackers included in Happy meals because you know kids love to count their steps they just can't get enough of counting their steps that one was recalled because uh children started uh getting uh, complaints of heat rash from the devices (laughs) because the batteries inside would heat up that's so funny i mean i guess uh the nintendo ds had a pedometer with rewards tied to it so i mean it's not crazy the kids will want to count their steps but it seems like a little adult for a Happy Meal toy. The movie Spider-Man 2 included a weird line of girls' Happy Meal toys that were all pink and frilly and with Spider-Man on them, (laughs) including a headband and barrette, charm bracelets, and a Spidey clutch purse. But it was just very funny how sometimes they take things that and, like, girly them up for no reason. That was a good example of that. I I just... There's nothing better than, like, 2000s, 90s trying uh, equality measures where Uh it's like... Hey, girls can like Spider-Man too. They can wear Spider-Man dresses and even have Spider-Man tea parties. So funny. You also had the gardening tools. That was, I think, in the late 80s or early 90s. It was definitely seemed like an odd choice. I remember being disappointed by the Happy Meals that uh, particular month. There were also these weird little plastic music players. We looked at those the other day. They would play a horrible sounding uh, 30 seconds from a famous pop song of the day. Hey, kids, do you like mono-channel black-eyed peas? Too bad. (laughs) And probably the worst would have been in 1983, they included a toothbrush and toothpaste in every meal. Terrible. I'd be so pissed. Oh, I'd been so bad. They're trying to promote hygiene in my and what should have been a Happy Meal toy for me that week. But uh, gotta love it. The Happy Meal toy. I mean, it's still happening, Mm -hmm. but... Not like it was. I think we're past the heyday, obviously. If now these fucking toys are made out of corn, then we're definitely past the heyday. Um, I want my changeables. I want my Big Macosaurus. And I want nothing less, Jake. Nah, but man. I'm actually The happy- 2022 lineup is pretty good. They're offering Teen Titans Go, Mario Kart, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, uh, Thor Love and Thunder, 
DreamWorks All-Stars. That's coming out in October. I don't know what those are going to be. And of course, in December, hold on to your butts, kids. It's Avatar The Way of Water Meals. Nice. Finally, I can Gotta eat in it. Pandora. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's just been a save of my life. I am gl- I am hopeful that too, though, that they will be less cool when my daughter starts to get uh, a little bit older. Because I I don't want to promote those bad habits that I had as a kid. But I'm sure I'll be too tired to stop her. Uh, so oh. I'm sure I'll be take her to McDonald's from One time to time. One last thing I got to mention is uh, the Happy Meal mascot Happy that was introduced in 2009 and then in 2014 in America, which, uh, you know, they're they're kind of clicking into like that minions, uh, like little like like little guy, like excitable little guy. It is a McDonald's box with freaky, unblinking bug eyes and a giant mouth filled with teeth. Uh, and I remember in 2014, 2015, it was a gigantic meme to just be like, this is the creepiest fucking thing I've ever seen. So, yes, <laughs> I have acknowledged Happy, <laughs> who might, may or may not still be the mascot. Is he still the mascot? Oh, God. Horrific. I not. Well, all right. I think that's our episode on Happy Meal Toys. We hope you enjoyed it as well. A uh, fun little walk down memory lane, this one. Uh, if you'd like to support us further, check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash whizbrew. We do weekly bonus episodes for just $5 a month, and our Sunday study session is always popping every Sunday on our Discord. For just $15 a month, you can join us Sunday afternoons while we cover, hey, this week, we looked at a bunch of Happy Meal toys and watched a bunch of old uh, Happy Meal commercials, which was a lot of fun hanging out together. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash whizbrew. Check me out on twitch.tv forward slash holdenators ho. That's twitch.tv forward slash Holdenators ho Monday, Tuesday, Friday streams always a blast. And I heard someone else streams these days. Jake, yeah, I'm still doing the VTuber thing. It's been a year, Holden. It's we're That's celebrating a goddamn year of streaming. Uh, the flagship stream Thursday nights, the Cartoon Dumpster. Imagine a Mystery Science Theater meets your uh, favorite '90s Saturday morning cartoon block. A rollicking good time. Great community over there. Thursday nights, youtube.com slash puppet Jared or twitch.tv slash puppet Jared. Check it out. And hey, congratulations for sticking through the plugs this far. You're a great fan. I appreciate you. But have you rated us on iTunes? Have you done that? Because we could use that help. And honestly, I feel like if you were a real good fan, you'd probably do that. Maybe. Please, God, help us. I have a daughter. She's like, help, I eat food. Her first <laughs> word was food because she was so hungry. So please consider rating us for free to help us feed this child. Uh, she's fed well. Don't actually listen Hi, to I'm Child food. Protective Services. Did you say you yeah. don't feed your daughter on a publicly available podcast? <laughs> <laughs> nah, just good, all right? Uh, anyways, Jake, you're rehired, and uh, I was happy to do the episode with you. Uh, am I rehired? Holden, I've looked over your records, and <laughs> I feel like we can give you another chance on probation. All right, Just Thank watch you, yourself this time. I'm, I love probation, actually. <laughs> it's my favorite way of being. Uh, all right. Well, then we'll be back next week with more. Until then, always remember, keep on whizzing. And never stop bruising. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. The 
legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.